Hey, Michael. What? What do you want to talk about? I mean, you woke me up at 3 in the morning. I did. This is, by the way, it's 3 a.m., and you woke me up just to talk about movies. It's not just movies, though. You know what I discovered last night? Cyberspace. There's this thing called the Internet Network. Colonel, uh, it's a thing on the computer. I, it's, is that the series of tubes? It, it's Yeah, it is, and it's internalized, and it's amazing. You can find everything in the world you want. Everything. Any scrap bit of information you can find and i spent all of it looking for porn oh you <laughs> horrible man <laughs> i'm kidding but that's the funny thing about the internet is that we thought it was gonna be the wave of the future to change everything it did but i feel like most of us are just obsessed with social networking and uh pornography and hey my my whole business is run on the internet nobody knows of Jemetsko otherwise but the reason i brought this up did i really wake you up at three in the morning no <laughs> oh. what time is it right oh, now it's Noon. It, it's 10.30 here. <laughs> Three in the morning. I don't live that far away. No, no, no. I thought you meant when I originally asked you about doing this. Uh, I discovered that 20 years ago, <laughs> no. 20 years ago, we thought everything was going to be about the internet. And it is, but at the same time, why were we making so many movies about how the internet's going to be this huge landscape of adventure and thievery and stuff like that? So I was like, wait a minute. The net, Johnny Mnemonic, Hackers, and Virtuosity all came out within a few months of each other in the summer of 95 and it's amazing how little of it really happened <laughs> yeah go on yeah no 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 i was just i was just thinking it's funny because some are so insanely far-fetched virtuosity in this high-tech crime prevention facility one man has been recruited to play a simulated game the objective to hunt down the ultimate virtual reality killer, Sid 6.7. There's only one problem. The computer changed the program. Now, he's in the real world. He's interactive. On your knees, now! He doesn't enjoy the game unless he's playing against his favorite opponent, and that's me. From the director of Lawnmower Man. He's recreating mass murders. So you're saying Sid's a copycat? Sid 6.7 is intent on improving the original. Denzel Washington. Just because I'm carrying around the joy of killing your family inside me doesn't mean we can't be friends. Virtuosity. Game over. Might as well be our first movie of the four we discussed because I always thought it was insane that you open up and it says 1999 and I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. This is 1995. This is the latter half yeah. of 95. Yeah. You expect me to believe this technology not only exists, but it's powerful enough to make Russell Crowe a real life movie star because that's really what it was supposed to be. Serial killer, digital monster. This was his first introduction to America was in virtuosity, but it didn't take until much later. Well, quick in the came out before this. Did it really? Yeah, I went and saw it in the theaters uh, about six months earlier. Well, that year then. That year was, they were trying to yeah. make Russell Crowe the guy, but it didn't take. Not until much later. And this is when Denzel Washington tried making action movies and it didn't take. It didn't take until, uh, what, Training Day? Yeah, um, and then Tony Scott's uh, Man on Fire. Yeah, Ricochet, I remember he did. He didn't take off. It was a straight-up action film. And then Virtuosity was his sci-fi action film. I always thought he looked ridiculous in that suit that he wears in Virtuosity. You know, that really tight leather suit with the goofy hat. <laughs> 
I mean, even now, even though even though he's an action star now, it seemed yeah, ridiculous. Yeah, I haven't seen it in a while. All I remember is that there's some sort of AI guy that gets out and tries to kill a bunch of people. What's the story? You tell me. What I remember from it, I haven't seen it in a while either, but basically they develop a computer program that takes the, the mentality of all the great serial killers, murderers, assassins in history and condense it into one person. And it's supposed to be used for studying. Like, you study the personality and you learn new things that helps you with your training in hunting down current day killers and assassins. And I cannot remember what ridiculous reason it becomes a reality or how, where he breaks into our world. It was probably just like, oh, it was a storm. The machine got hit by lightning. Some bullshit reason that they always did back in the 90s because we didn't actually, we weren't that particular. We just wanted some killer sci-fi and some CGI. Yeah, it was it was but a he, comic book origin story, really. Yeah, it was, and then he comes into our world, Denzel Washington has to hunt him down. I'm not going to say it's a good movie. The reason I bring it up because it was very all about what we thought the internet and virtual reality and cyberspace was all going to be. And this is from the director of Lawnmower Man. You can see they, they go really well together if you, but uh, a Lawnmower Man's a better movie. Uh, well, Virtuosity looks better than Lawnmower Man, I'll tell you that. True. Much bigger budget. Hmm. I didn't know that was the same guy. Yeah, Brett Leonard. Uh, hey, have you ever actually read Lawnmower Man? I either read it or I read the synopsis and I don't remember. The short story, and I I can't remember which book it was in, uh, the Night Shift collection, I think. I and it's all like those little stories that he would write for magazines, you know, like six-page stories and, and whatnot, like leftover stories that he never finished. And The Lawnmower Man, I believe, is six pages long, and it's about a guy with telekinetic powers that uses a lawnmower to hack up a guy. That is it. Yeah, so how... So it really has... How do they... The connection to the movie is non-existent. Yeah, that's not... That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, so Stephen King sued to have his name taken off, and I thought that was kind of funny they tried to abuse that. Stephen King, at one time, if you attached his name to something, it would make a huge profit. Yeah. Well, except Maximum Overdrive. But that's his own thing. He, he yeah. like, if you're going to do Stephen King right, you get Stephen King to do it. And then it was just the doofiest thing. But it's fun. I like it. You know, he said that he was on he was on cocaine the whole time that he shot that movie. He had no idea what was yeah, going on. Yeah, he doesn't on. quite remember it. He admitted this. That's weird. Yeah. The 80s. Sorry, back, back on topic. Yeah, Virtuosity, I can't recommend because I can't remember it. But I remember being in the theater going, eh, this isn't that great. Uh, so well, you probably don't remember Virtuosity either, so you can't really recommend that the, one. The thing I remember about Virtuosity is... Like the special effects moment where he punches uh, Russell Crowe and Russell Crowe turns into a bunch of little CG balls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bobbles, balls, whatever. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, so that one, it, it's a, it's an oddity. It's it's of the moment kind of movie. So if you're curious, I would check it out. Otherwise, I can't say it was a good movie. If you, if you want to see what the 90s thought virtual reality stuff was like, you'll watch that movie. And what, Johnny Mnemonic? Meet the ultimate hard drive. He has 80 gigabytes of data in his brain and a price on his head. Keanu Reeves is Johnny Mnemonic, the future's most wanted fugitive. Hit me. Johnny Mnemonic. Yeah, Johnny Mnemonic is the other one that it was heavy on what we thought the future of the internet was going to be, the capabilities, virtual reality and stuff like that. This is a better movie, but it's also frustrating because Robert Longo isn't a director. Wait, wait, he, isn't he an artist? A video sculptor or something? Installation artist? And then he did... Robert Longo, he makes really good imagery, but uh, I don't think he's really an actor's director. Yeah, I don't know what it is that the studio saw in him to say, hey, this is a guy who can handle a $25 million movie. I have actually never understood that logic 
period. It's a trend that still continues. Why do they grab guys that have only directed commercials? They want a guy who can make a slick image, but they want a guy who can be puppeted, and that doesn't work together. The guy who makes a slick image is an artist. He really is. He's an artist. But the guy who is just a TV director, who knows how to do all the technical stuff, isn't taught the art, right? doesn't have the vision or the sight, that's the guy you want to be pushed around by the studio, because he's just going to say, yeah, sure, okay, yes. I just... It's weird. Yeah, they'll, they'll sometimes they'll grab makeup guys. They'll grab editors, which editors makes a little bit more sense. But they'll grab guys who have never actually filmed. Like you, I think the the way it should work is well, you do short films, then you do television, then you do a small movie, then you do you know you build up. That's the way it used to be. Is you know like people like John Carpenter, Joe Dante, they work yeah. their way up. But now I feel like it's like oh, this guy did a ten minute uh, YouTube video that looks amazing. Let's hire him for a two hundred million dollar movie. And then when he collapses under the pressure and the movie bombs, they're like oh, we didn't know. Yeah, he did. Duh. Well. He- Trank did a movie called Chronicle, which was pretty good. Yeah, can't it was. Say it's the best, but it was a pretty good movie. That was a fluke of a situation, according to Max Landis, that they didn't have pressure from the studio to deliver anything, really. So, yeah. I was going to say, Tony Scott, Ridley Scott, those guys came up through commercials. Well, I guess I guess sometimes it can happen, but for the most part, I just feel like you should slowly work your way up. Like a $25 million movie, a $50 million, seven, you know, $100 million, you know, Yeah, you should start going you should, $5 million You should movie. get your, uh, your, your hands on a few small films before you do something enormous, I think. Right. But Robert Longo, he came out of nowhere, and this is the only movie that he ever did, correct? Yeah, I don't think I, he did anything else after that. This is based on William Gibson's groundbreaking novel. Is this the first movie, uh, book that he did that was really groundbreaking, or was it Neuromancer? I don't know anything about William Gibson. Neuromancer is the big one, and then they were just optioning okay. everything. Like, Neuromancer is never going to be no, made. No, not but now. New Rose Hotel was made, but oh, I found that to be kind of boring. Yeah. Abel Ferrer did it. He's the guy who coined the term cyberpunk, William Gibson. Okay. I read one or two of his books. I don't quite remember them, but I remember them to be very interesting, and also I felt like I was uh, not in on the language because it's a lot of cyber speak it's like when people watch the movie dune mm-hmm. they're not in on what all the types of characters right. and casts of people and classes of people are called so they're confused so did, what's a quizat's hatterat what is a yeah. fremen what is that you know did you read the book so did you read the uh, johnny mnemonic book not johnny mnemonic i think it did read neuromancer yeah it seems like one of those things they might have simplified the language uh, but it's not that's not the big problem with the movie the movie i remember the movie's going to be huge they promoted the crap out of this uh, this is ridiculous uh, I went to, uh, I want to say a Sam Goody or something like that, and I had picked up a Johnny Mnemonic shirt that they had on clearance. Mind you, the movie had come out Memorial Day, 1995, and it was, I think, the first week of August, 1995, and they were already clearancing out all the Johnny Mnemonic product, and I picked up a shirt, and uh, I wore that throughout college, but everybody's like, hey, did you see that movie? Was it really good? No, no. Then why do you have the shirt? I don't know. It does look cool. I wore this shirt for two years without... <laughs> Even after seeing the movie and realized it wasn't very good, I still wore the shirt. Yeah, I actually wish the movie was good. There's a longer Japanese cut, which has more Takeshi Kitano. Yeah. Or beat Takeshi. His storyline is a bit more fleshed out than just being a villain, a puppet villain. America doesn't care about character development or motivation. Which is so. which is. Yes, that's what studios think. Yeah, that's what studios think. Actually, the American studios don't like that stuff because, I don't know. Yeah, I wonder... Nowadays, they listen to the internet too much, and the internet doesn't know what it wants. Yeah, well, I wonder if Speed hadn't been so big, they wouldn't have pushed so hard, and maybe they wouldn't have edited it up, or maybe they would. I don't know. Back in the day, they did that a lot with movies, especially, like, Dimension Pictures. They would edit the crap out of a movie. It's like, oh, take out any character development, just throw it on the screen, throw all the action out there. The Weinsteins are the editors. They're the the big tutters. You 
you hand them a perfect movie, like, uh, I'm not saying it's a perfect movie, but itself, it's the perfect cut of the movie. Snowpiercer? Yeah. That's the the final cut is the perfect cut, and then you hand it to the Weinstein's, and they're like, no, because Midwesterners are not gonna get it. Well, Midwesterners What's were never gonna not go see to Snowpiercer get? anyway. It's not aimed at their exactly comments. yeah right. So there was a war about editing Snowpiercer, and finally we got the, the final cut, which is good. What I think um, is funny about Johnny Mnemonic is that it's one of those. It's kind of like uh, Snowpiercer in the way that it's uh, it's cast for an international audience. Yeah, you know they, they got Takeshi Katan. You said Katan. Right, I haven't seen the movie in a little yeah. bit. That is who it is. Takeshi right? Kitano. You know they got him for the Asian audience, and they have Dolph London for the European audience, and then they have Ice T. Yeah, what the for, heck is like, Ice T? In, urban... I was going to mention this. Why is Ice T in all these movies in the nineties? For a brief moment, he was a thing. He was starring in movies. Not, you know, New Jack City did well. He's not good in any of them. No, he's not. Do you ever notice that he says everything like uh, he's mad at you? Yeah. I mean, he very flat. I mean, I can imagine. I would like a popsicle. What is it? I would like to have a popsicle. It is a hot day today, mofo. That is exactly like he said that. I mean, how does he order things at like a restaurant? He goes, you know, he does he just yell it at the waitress and like, are you mad at me? You just got here. No, that's just how I talk. Yeah. Or he does the yeah. He's supposed thing. to be a scientist, anyway. right? And he does that and you're like, ah, oh, you're kind of undermining your own character. I'm like, yeah, he's like an underground hacker. Sci- oh, and then Henry Rollins is the science guy. Yeah, he wasn't that bad. I forgot about Henry Rollins being in that. What the heck is Henry Rollins in a movie like this for? But he was actually in the 90s just trying to constantly get roles, and he did get a lot of roles. Right. That's crazy. Ice-T and Henry Rollins on the same side against the Yakuza, a crazy preacher named Dolph Lundgren. Yeah, you know what? I have to say, this is my favorite role of Dolph Lundgren just because it's so insane. Dolph Lundgren being cast as a villain in this is a really great role for him. I know he probably got cast because he played such a crazy villain in Universal Soldier, but there's something very, very lean and focused about this particular role. Yeah, he doesn't say much, but he's, he's actually quite yeah. terrifying. He's probably my favorite character in the yeah. whole movie. Like, I like it when you're watching the movie and you've already seen it a thousand times, and you're just hoping hum about the whole thing. Maybe not a thousand times, because who's going to watch it a thousand times? Right, right. Well, you never know. You're ho-hum about the whole thing, because you're like, oh, right. Let's get to what the internet looks like, which I'll get to in a second. Oh, that's silly. Oh, wait. All right. Dolph Lundgren's coming up. So, uh, from that point where you remember that <laughs> Dolph Lundgren's coming up as a crazy creature, assassin guy, you are anticipating his scenes. I wonder if there's a European cut of this movie where he has more to do, because I keep feeling like there's stuff cut out. Huh. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. All I know is that Beat got his scenes cut down. Now, I want to talk about what the internet looks like. Yeah, the well, internet doesn't look like that. At all. <laughs> what that is, is it's a bunch of rectangles that are supposed to look kind of like towers and cities. Uh-huh. Hackers does this too, which we'll get to. And you're zipping through it, and you have a pair of hands. This is the future internet. They're virtual reality hands that can touch things, and you're flying through like you're in a floaty helicopter through the internet towers and cities it's ridiculous well it's because that visualization it lends itself to the film because it shows like your adventure like you're riding through the internet showing someone just on a computer the way it is now uh is the most boring thing you'll ever see in your life you have to have some it's sort not of the most the movie the net didn't capture it very well that that is true but it's not the most boring there are very interesting ways to do it they just didn't have any foresight okay i stand correct i just find i keep thinking about the part where he you know he's wearing the gloves he's got the glasses or whatever 
and he's like chawing down on something because it's gonna hurt a lot to insert the memories and stuff like that. There's little things in this movie that I remember. Like I remember that doesn't someone have like a laser whip? Like they're chopping off stuff with a laser whip. Oh no, it's it's from his thumb. It's a kind of a whip, but he uses it as a garrote yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. This is a movie like it seems like it's of moments. There's certain moments you remember, but you don't really remember the whole story. All I remember are, outside of that is the fact that it's obviously shot in Canada. So obviously yeah. Canada. Yeah, and it's Dina Myers in it too as the hero lady, which is yeah. cool. She had her like moment in the nineties. Uh, Keanu Reeves, this is not his best role. When I think of Keanu Reeves, I don't think about this one. Yeah, he's a little vacant on this one. I don't yeah, know if he's he, purposely done this, that, but... this might be the movie that people poo-poo Keanu Reeves about. They, I know they always go like, whoa, right? And then yeah. they all say, like, his Shakespeare turns, he can't do a British accent, he's thinking Dracula. I don't care. Neither can other actors who still do them. Right, right. No one ever gives, you know, no one gives Kevin Costner any grief for Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, who are starting out okay. British and all of a sudden I did. And, okay. I gave him grief. I really did. But but I'm one of the few. Everybody else goes, fun movie. But uh, Keanu Reeves, I think this is the movie because uh, he kind of looks ill during it. He's got yeah. a pallor. Oh, right. Well, that actually makes sense because his character is kind of ill. He's got a leaky brain. He forgot. So that's that works well. But then he just doesn't seem like he's sold. If you had seen earlier his roles in, in the movies like uh, My Own Private Idaho or River's Edge, you'll see that he's, he's in it. Right, right. It's more like he's just not convinced himself. Do you recommend this movie at all? At all? Yeah. yeah. As an archival sort of thing. As a, yeah, it has a lot got. of curiosity moments. And uh, yeah. uh, like I said, just for Dolph London alone, it's like he's only on the screen for maybe, what, 10 minutes at most? But it's, it's fascinating and weird, man. It's weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just to see Henry Rollins and Ice-T in the same movie. Yeah. yeah. And uh, you, you mentioned Hackers earlier. That's probably the next one we should go to. Hackers. Hidden beneath the world we know is the world they inhabit. Hey. Yeah, Ma? What are you doing? I'm taking over a TV network. I'll finish up, honey, and get to sleep. They're hackers. Hackers penetrate and ravage private and publicly owned computer systems. Hack the planet. Hack the planet! It's not just something they do, it's who they are. They can crack any code and get inside any system. Hello? Mr. Gill, according to our records, you're dead. I'm what? But this time... Come here, look at this. It's some kind of virus. Unless $5 million is transferred to the following account, I will capsize five oil tankers. They just hacked the wrong guy. Game's over. He's about to commit the perfect computer crime, and they're about to take the blame. A hacker planted the virus. Let's nail it. No. You're not good enough to beat me. Yeah, maybe I'm not. But we are. They're the only ones who can prevent a catastrophe. I know how to stop this guy. Are you nuts? Come at me! Unlike any the world has ever seen. Never send a boy to do a woman's job. Hackers of the world unite. United Artists welcomes you to the new world. Please! Hackers. Is a really actually I actually really enjoy Hackers and they have a plot point in that movie that I swear has been picked up like ten more times like I've seen like the thing where they take a penny off of everybody's account yeah you know where it's rounded off whatever I swear I've seen that in a bunch of movies after Hack now this movie I think approached approached the internet from a realistic standpoint I don't know if it's it was feasible but they didn't go into like well they did they did they did they did they did the Da Vinci virus they did is the stupidest thing ever in a computer based movie. It's the Vitruvian Man. No, man, why? Uh, yeah, why Fisher Stevens this? and What's-Her-Head are trying to get them, the hackers. Oh, Lorraine Bracco? Yeah, Lorraine Bracco. They're trying to get the hackers to, you know, flub up and get caught. But the Vitruvian Man is, it's like 
the Predator is looking at the Vitruvian Man, Da Vinci's Vitruvian Man. Um, okay. And he's visually representing what the virus is to overturn the tankers. Do you remember all this? Okay. At all? No, I don't. It's I feel just, like I just watched this movie, too. It's just the goofiest crap in the world. It's really goofy. Huh. What's funny about all three of these movies that we've discussed so far is that they thought they were going to be huge hits. They really pushed hackers hard. They thought it was going to be like... I know it was released, I think, on Labor Day, so those aren't huge, huge movies, but, you know, at least there's usually one guy that opens up big and the rest of them kind of get drowned. I just can't believe Hackers was beat so easily by The Prophecy. Do you remember that movie with uh, Oh, yeah, Walken? yeah, yeah, yeah. Prophecy. Yeah, it, like, just trounced it. It beat it, and, uh, it, like, wait, the Hackers opened it at, like, two and a half million dollars? What? Because I thought that movie looked cool. Well, they and, did uh, another thing with Hackers is they wrote the soundtrack pretty hard. They did a couple right. of volumes, I think. Yeah, it had really... Uh, you know what? I think I actually had the soundtrack for a while. Yeah, it was... It started Johnny Lee Miller and Angelina Jolie. Johnny Lee was just off train spotting. Angelina was just off of Cyborg or something. Yeah. Dumb thing. Well, actually, train spotting came out... I thought train spotting came out after this. I'm pretty sure it came out uh, early 96. And, of course, Matthew Lillard. Yeah, and Matthew Lillard. A handful of other people. Yeah, Hackers is one of those laughable... Kills along with Empire Records. I think of them in the same thought, you know. And for, why, why Why do you call them laughable? It's just characterizations of the 90s is really tacky. Oh, so you mean like taking the uh, John Hughes formula but cranking it up to the fact that everybody's almost all one-dimensional yeah, yeah. types? You know what's funny is there was a sequel to Hackers. Yeah, sort of, yeah. Sort of. I mean, the Weinsteins bought the name, or Millennium Pictures, I think, bought the name. And they slapped it on Takedown. And uh, it was supposed to be released that way. And then all of a sudden, they, they delayed it for like four or five years. And they took Hackers 2 off the title or whatever and just released what's it as Takedown. What's Hacker Mitrick something? It's supposed to be a movie made about this true life Hackers story and, you know, dramatized and they try to throw the name Hackers on it. Hackers 2 or 3 or something. I can't remember. I've never actually seen the movie. I just know I was interested at the time because I had Victor Wong and Tom Berenger. The movie must have done well on video in order to warrant a sequel. Oh yeah, it did. I rented that thing out to people like nobody's business. Yeah, people like Hackers. I liked it for a while. I owned yeah, yeah. it for a while. And it's, yeah, it's now, like, of its time, you're there in the 90s, you're thinking, yeah, this is alright, this is cool. You, you know that the internet doesn't look like that. You know that hacking doesn't look like right. that. But then, whatever, whatever. Everybody's dressed like they're out of the comic books. <laughs> and look at pretty Angelina Jolie. Yeah, so, uh, it's amazing where she came from. I mean, just that movie didn't go anywhere, and she kind of, it took a few years for her to get going. It wasn't until, what, like, four or five years later with uh, Gia. Girl she, Interrupted, where she really blew no, up. No, she really had to do Gia first, which is, you know, yeah, get naked for HBO, and then you get a yeah, movie career. That's how, that's how it works, which is a shame. Yeah, so. Uh, so our last movie is The Net. Computer analyst Angela Bennett just stumbled onto something she never should have seen. The net is an edge of your seat nail biter. The whole lines are on the computer and they knew that explodes with suspense. Just give us the disc and we'll give you your life back. Sandra Bullock is sensational. Think of the power that they have in the best thriller of the summer. I don't understand why me. Sandra Bullock. They've done it to me. They're gonna do it to you. In the net. The only successful of the bunch of cyber internet movies, and it's probably the best of them, too, because it's been a while since I've seen this one, too. I apologize, everybody. Usually I prepare for every movie before we discuss it, but uh, I, I, don't have, I don't have access to a lot of movies at the moment. I thought it was an interesting topic, and it's been 20th anniversary, so I apologize for my ignorance. I think um, I think the net uh, is the most accessible of all of these. I think I even had a TV series and maybe a sequel or two. I'm not sure. I don't remember. It's one of those movies where they always slap like a two 
2.0 or a 3.0 after uh-huh. movie. <laughs> right. But I think this movie has the uh, intended to be the most suspenseful file transfer ever. It's kind of silly, though. Yeah, yeah. Then, from that point on, movies and TV shows have always had the scene where somebody's trying to tr- transfer a file and it's... Dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun! It's like loading 12%. 98%! And it's still hanging! Why is it at 98 Oh, good. It's done, you know. Uh, who's the guy who broke out? Is that Jeremy Northam? Yeah. Yeah, you know, I thought he yeah. was going to be huge. I really liked him in this. I loved him in Mimic. Uh, he does a fantastic movie with Sean Hayes where they play Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis. And every single time I see him, he really kills it. And yet, he's not a star. I don't know what happened to him. He's in a movie called Cypher. Oh, I was going to say, dang it, you got to it before I did. I was going to wait for Vincent you to like Vincent Natale wipe. movie called yeah. Cypher. That's, oh my god, Vincenzo Vitali, I love that. That's that's a fantastic cyber movie, but that's like years later and much more visionary. Yeah. Oh, Vincenzo Natali is kind of... He's almost an auteur, I'd say. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> he's I, al- I wasn't, almost an auteur. I'm not sure if he really is. Yeah, it, uh, that's a fantastic movie, but this is where the first time I ever saw Jeremy Northam, and I really like him in this movie. He's a good villain. This is where Sandra Bullock, I think, finally stopped being the... <laughs> you know, I don't know I don't, I don't know if that's the voice I want to use. Goofy. But she was always kind of like, oh, shucks, kind of girl, oh, you know? Oh, right, right, right. She's slightly awkward, sort of spazzy, really wide-eyed, but uh, in this movie, you're saying she's she just takes it and tries to go serious, right? Yeah, she goes beyond becoming, uh, oh, she's doing the same thing again and again and again. She took a risk by doing a serious, like, spy thriller kind of thing, and, and she doesn't do the, oh, shit, I'm just the girl next door kind of thing, you know? I thought it was a, a bold choice. I think Sandra Bullock is pretty popular. I think that's about the time where people are like, yes, we'll back that lady. Which is weird, because she had a lot of bombs after this. I mean, I thought she was going to go straight to video soon, because after the net, she had 2F5C, which was a huge flop, in love in War with Chris O'Donnell, and then Speed 2, which is the one that really did a lot of damage. If she yeah. didn't have the deal in place uh, with Speed 2 where she says, okay, I'll make this movie for you, but you gotta finance Hope Floats. I, see, I haven't seen and Hope Floats. if they Floats, hadn't always... worked that out, because Hope Floats is actually extremely good, and I know it's a chick flick if you want to put it under that category, but I actually really enjoy it. I always rented it to people and would add in the toilet at the end of renting it to people. Hope Floats! Yeah. In the toilet. <laughs> which is just a stupid juvenile pun. It is. But whatever. We were young. Yep. Unless you did that last week. No, no, no. Only while working at Blockbuster. Okay. Um, you know, that that's of, of the four movies, that's probably the best one. Well, uh, yeah, it's know, the best solid... movie. Who's the director on that? Is it Erwin Winkler? I'm not sure. He's dead now. I'm pretty sure it's Erwin Winkler. He's a really good director. He's mostly a producer, but he when he does decide to direct, he usually brings out a pretty solid flick. And, and the plot and the script and everything is pretty feasible, and a lot of it still holds up today. Of course, everything based around the internet and computers is going to age. I mean, even uh, as fantastic as War Games is, which is probably one of the first internet movies. Yeah. Uh, you obviously it's dated because it's of the moment. Yeah, Technology but but so it's fast. made in the '80s, so it's very archival. It's not like a, a proposing that this is something how it looks. If you were to visualize what the internet looks like, you're traveling through the internet. That dates it even worse. That makes it it's speculative. Whenever someone tries to do the future of technology is when it stumbles. You're like, no, that wasn't even close. If you're going to do technology, you have to do it at that time, the way the net does it. Yeah. When you try to pretend what you think it's going to look like. Uh, what is that movie, The Runaway with Tom Selleck? Right. There are moments in that like, oh, you weren't even close. Not even. Why Why robot spiders? I've always wondered that. Why robot spiders? Uh, robot insects are easy to... 
you're going to start making robots, they're the go-to form. <laughs> you just mimic a robot I guess. Uh, or an insect shape. Because insects are like robots. So, yeah, after that, we, I think for like the next two years, every time you'd look at the video shelf, and you probably know because you were working at a video store, yeah. it didn't seem like every other week you're like, uh, oh, there's another movie, Cyber, Cyberjack, Cyber Thief, Cyber Assassin, Cyber Cop, you know? It's uh-huh. like, what, this movie Cyber or Virtual. Virtual you know, we're always and thrown on Cyber these. and, yeah. Yeah, and then you would have the action ones with like Mark Singer and Michael Dudikoff and Michael Perret and anybody with any Michael basically you know Cybertracker um, I, I have to tell you this there was a moment in my life when I was younger where I wanted to make a movie where it combined all of the Michaels that were like direct to video Michaels because I thought they were affordable like oh I get Anthony Michael Hall Michael Ironside Michael Madsen Michael Perret Michael Dudikoff I'll get them in a movie together and call it Very Mean Men all of these guys going after one like massive loot it was a stupid idea <laughs> I had the same thing with David Keith Keith David I wanted to make a movie with them. I even had the poster in my mind where it, it, you start off with like going upwards. It says Keith David, and then after that it says Keith. It's, it's hard to explain that poster, but you know what I mean. I'm thinking, uh, you know how they have like posters, the floating head posters, and then you have the actors' names above them or below them. But yeah, it'll have Anthony Hopkins' face, Meryl Streep face and it'll say Meryl Streep Anthony Hopkins like that uh-huh. in, in that order which is the opposite order the heads placement that is always weird isn't it so you would do that with David Keith and Keith David <laughs> Isn't it the year that they started? More. Okay, Total Recall did it first, where they showed like half of Arnold's face, whatever. But didn't it seem like in 95, all of a sudden, everybody had a poster like that? Yeah. Where it was like half of their face, usually facing front, like in Waterworld, or kind of to the side. Yeah. And it would just be like mostly just their head with something in the background and then their name, their last name, that'd be it. Yeah. Virtuosity did it. The Net did it. Like 12 other movies did this thing where it was just like half a face. Yes, floating heads. Uh, ridiculous. And then, of course, it got taken over by Scream the next year, where it was like, where you'd have the star up front, and then everybody kind of like going back a, just a little bit. Yeah, staggered. Yeah, I'm not a fan of the Scream posters either. Nah. So, so if you want to delve into the history of what the internet looks like according to Hollywood, you'll watch these four movies. You'll probably really enjoy one of them as a movie. The others you'll enjoy as oddities. Right. And Hackers has, has a cult following. Hackers is on Shout Blu-ray right now. They just released it, and people are jumping at it. So, I don't know. The 90s revival. Again. It happens. Whoopity-dee. On that note... I'm going to put on my virtual reality gloves and my glasses and, and patch it in myself by touching screens in the air. <laughs> so, I think we're going to log off. All right, everybody, check us out on Facebook under Video Nights! Exclamation yep, point. Catch you later, everybody. Good night, everybody. I would like a popsicle.